Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Thursday, April the 13th. And welcome to our commentary. Well, I think the big story breaking almost as we start the video today is uh, the story about the leaker. They apparently have a leaker. They have captured a person, arrested uh, a young man, a young man, 21 years old, who apparently was behind all of this uh, information being leaked out there or information being distributed out there out of out of turn. And this young man, again, from what I'm reading, was apparently involved in some kind of a club with his friends, I guess, and they were sharing this information. And, uh, you know, it's pretty amazing, frankly, when, when you think about how someone could have access to such important information. Now, I, I don't know what his motivation was for leaking this. I, you know, I think it's too early to tell. I'm sure we'll, we'll know a lot more by the time we do the video on Friday or maybe over the weekend. But the bottom line is that these leaks are bad for the country. That's all I can tell you. Uh, leaks are bad. Now, even if your intentions are good, even if you feel that there's something that you want to tell the public about something going on in the government that you're uncomfortable with, or if you feel bad about, and you want the government or the American people to know what's going on. I mean, if you're coming from that angle, that you want people to know what's going on in your government, leaking is not the way to do it. I'm sorry, it's not. Leaking is not the way to do it. The way to do it is if you see information that you think is wrong or something is going wrong, there is a whistleblower uh, avenue that you can take and you can be protected uh, by the, from the government by disclosing this information. But when you leak information, when you're out there leaking, you're, you're not only violating the law, but you're putting sources at risk. And this is, I think, the biggest problem with these leaks is that people who are giving us this information from other countries, remember, we have to rely on people in other countries for information, just like they have people over here. But, uh, you know, you may be exposing the sources and putting some of these sources at risk for uh, talking with us or providing us information. So leaking is always bad and it cannot be defended. It is illegal. It uh, should be this young man and whoever was working with him should be arrested and, uh, and let the justice prevail. But of course, some of the information that he was leaking, I don't know whether he knew this or not, again, because I'm not really sure how much this was a game or how much this was for real, meaning that he was doing this for a specific purpose. You know, you, you, we're not sure. We're not sure whether he was just sharing information with a bunch of people, not realizing that he had something very important or whether he was in fact leaking like the Pentagon Papers uh, many years ago. We don't know that. We don't know that. But the damage is just as real because uh, one of the things that came out of these leaks is that there are problems in Ukraine, problems that we didn't know were there. We, we had been basically told by this administration that things were going fairly well. You know, the narrative was that the Soviets, the Russians, we're not uh, fighting and things were going bad for the Russians. That may still be true, but things are actually going worse for Ukraine than I think we had been led to believe. So there, there are problems here. There are going to be problems for the, this administration. And I think you'll see the Congress get very, very serious 
the next time we're going to send billions of dollars to Ukraine. Because I think a lot of people are going to be asking the question, what, you know, what exactly are all of these dollars doing for us? Because so far, we have sent, I believe, over $100 billion. And again, based on some of these documents, it does not appear to be succeeding the way that we were being told that it was succeeding. So we'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep an eye on it. But man, I got to tell you that, uh, again, leaking is bad. And if you believe that the American people should have information that you see as part of your work in the government, there is a better way to do it than leaking thousands of pages and exposing a lot of people uh, to really, it's a matter of life and death for some people who are working with us in other countries. So that's the problem. That's the problem with these, uh, with these leaks. You know, I've got a post uh, coming out Friday morning about what is happening in the country with respect to rental prices. Uh, it appears that, you know, inflation went down a little bit, but still not enough to make a big difference, but a little bit statistically. But what is really killing Americans right now, based on the latest report, is the cost of renting, renting an apartment, renting a house. That is just going up, and it's going up for a lot of different reasons, but it is driving, or at least, uh, you know, fueling, if you will, uh, the rise in inflation. So, Look, I, I don't know this personally, but I've talked to many people in the area who are renting, and the cost of renting an apartment is going up and up and up. And, uh, you know, lots and lots of people are having a hard time making their rental payments. And then when you put on, on top of that the food, it's really getting difficult for people out there to survive. In fact, there's a study that came out over at CNBC uh, indicating that something like 60% of the American people are living paycheck to paycheck. That means you get paid on Friday, let's say, and you take care of your bills, and then you wait for the next Friday or whenever you get paid, and then you, you live again. Nobody or many people don't seem to be having a little extra every month to maybe go out to dinner. Uh, obviously, taking a trip is becoming difficult for people. So, you know, inflation is the, the problem here, and it does not appear to be changing enough to improve the lives of, of many Americans. So inflation, the cost of rent, the cost of gasoline. I just saw the cost of gasoline here in Texas or in the Dallas area, $3.59. $3.59. That's what I just saw yesterday. I don't have to fill up yet, but I probably will in the next week. $3.59. That has gone from $2.89 to $3.59. That's an increase of what? Uh, $0.69.70 in a couple of months, maybe less. So in a couple of months, we've gone up $0.70 cents a gallon. That has an, a huge impact on the family budget and uh, the inflation. So things are, things are not going well. I'll just put it that way. Let's just put it that way. Without getting too partisan, let's just say that things are not going uh, very well. I also have a post uh, today at the American Thinker on Thursday morning talking about electric cars. The administration keeps pushing electric cars. As I said yesterday, or as I say in my post, I don't have any problems with electric cars. I have nothing for or against electric cars. I think they're, you know, they may be the answer long term, but they're not the answer short term. 
Uh, over the next five to 10 years, the electric car is not going to make any significant uh, dent in the sales of gasoline cars. And the reason is that the prices are too high and charging these automobiles is very inconvenient, extremely inconvenient. We don't have enough charging stations. And if everybody was charging their cars at home, do we have the power grid to deal with that? Do we have enough electricity in our power grids to have everybody at home at night charging their cars? You know, maybe we will in Texas, but I'm not sure that many other places, I don't think they do in California, by the way, where they're, you know, they've had power grid problems. So, you know, this is, they're going too fast. I guess that's my point with these electric cars and they should let the marketplace take care of the electric car. I continue to say, I continue to say that the best solution is not the electric car. The best solution is these hybrids, these cars that run on gas and on batteries. And if they can ever get to a point where the battery can go more than 50 miles or maybe take it to a couple hundred miles, I think that's the solution because then people can use both fossil fuels and electricity to or gasoline and electricity to run their cars. But we're not there yet with these hybrids. Many of them, I think, only give you 50 or 60 miles to the, to the battery. Uh, and we're not there yet with the electric cars. So frankly, I think the Biden administration is way off base in some of the things that they're predicting and some of the things that they want to do. Well, President Biden is over in Ireland. Uh, nothing wrong with that. I'm not going to make fun of the president in Ireland. I think he's there for some agreement celebration. That's fine. That's fine. What a lot of us are asking, though, is why isn't he doing press conferences? That's the problem. You know, normally when the president travels to another country or somebody from another country comes here, they do joint press conferences at the very least. He's not doing any in Ireland. He's not talking to the press. He's not talking to the press at all. He has become, I guess, uh, mute from any kind of uh, exchanges with the press. And that's very troubling because there's a lot of problems in the country right now, lots and lots of problems, including what we just learned about the FBI, that the FBI was sending memos to eight offices of the FBI in the United States to somehow keep an eye on Catholic churches. What, what, who was behind that? Now, it was never implemented, okay, but why would the FBI even send out a memo like that? We need to know. We need to have answers to those kinds of questions. But apparently the president is too busy with other things, I guess, these days and doesn't want to answer any questions. A couple of things on this day in history. 1743, Thomas Jefferson was born. Jefferson, of course, uh, the author of the Declaration of Independence, uh, the third president of the United States and one of the two founding fathers who died on the 50th anniversary of the Declaration in 1826, July 4th, 1826. The other one was John Adams. So John Adams and Thomas Jefferson passed away on the 50th anniversary of the Declaration of the Independence, the declaration that Thomas Jefferson wrote in 1776. You talk about a coincidence there. You know, the man who writes the, the Declaration of Independence dies on the 50th anniversary of the document that he wrote. That's, that's pretty incredible. That's a pretty incredible thing. I mean, it's, it's whatever it is, it's pretty uh, incredible. And on this day in 1970, this was the day that uh, Apollo 13 said, Houston, we have a problem. 
This, it was this day. Every, the, the mission was going well. There was no problems. It was very routine. Everything was going well. The tank exploded. And then Houston, we have a problem. And then, of course, they were able to bring those men back. But it took a tremendous amount of teamwork to get it done. And so we remember today the men and women, not just of Apollo 13, but all the people at NASA who brought them back and, and made this whole thing possible. So Houston, we got a problem on this day in 1970. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later.